but well, one thing that Steven and I had brought up is the fact that you can remove the doors and shove it in the trunk, but if you shove it in the trunk, you can't use the trunk for actual stuff. But I also argued if you're filling up the trunk with actual stuff, chances are that you're going to be using the vehicle for longer than a day. So I think it kind of negates the, the purpose. Yeah, and I mean, that's also positive... they're frameless doors as well. Yeah, right, that's a positive doors. in and of itself that the doors actually fit in the trunk because the Wranglers don't. Wrangler doors don't yeah. fit in the Wrangler anywhere. Yeah. So you leave them out in the bushes somewhere. Uh, most people take them off and leave them at home and they just run without doors. Like when they're running doorless, they run without doors. Or they run one of the aftermarket half door setups. Or yeah, two no doors, doubt. Depending on what so you're into. Just, just legal enough to get down the highway? Uh, you don't have to run them at all. It's it's absolutely one hundred percent legal to run huh. with the doors just not on. There you go. At all. Uh, however, uh, this is another plus for Bronco, and they get their demographic. Jeeps. Mm -hmm. The illegality with Jeeps is that if you take the doors off, you don't have mirrors because the mirrors are attached to the doors. Ah. Uh, That's a problem. And yeah, Bronco did the smart thing about mounting it to the front windshield area, right? Right, so that you can pop the doors off and remain legal. Uh, one thing about that that I think is really funny that a lot of people who talk Jeep seem to point out is that the Bronco's front windshield does not fold down. Who that the fuck true. cares? Which, who, who does that? Who personal, the... I agree. That's what I was going to say. I was getting <laughs> at is that it doesn't really seem to bother. I don't care that the front windshield doesn't fold down and a lot of people are like but the windshield doesn't fold down it's like but, but who folds their windshield down i think there's a, a very small percentage of people who actually do that and i think most people who do it just did it because they're like well it does it so I should, I should do it david <laughs> david rubinak i have right. seen yes, he would do that and the only the only guy that I've seen who flips the forward windshield down is actually the vintage like forty seven Willies during a parade. Like, yep. If these guys are complaining that the front windshield doesn't fold down, I better see them out tomorrow with their windshield folded down, going seventy down the highway. It's it's a stupid thing. It's it's a gimmick. It's it's what Jeeps do, right? It's a gimmick. Like, if you fold the windshield right. down, you can't use the hood for your shovel. You can't use it for the floor jack. You can't use it for a gun rack. Like, you can't use the hood for the other things you're going to use a hood for. It's stupid. <laughs> it's almost it's almost like the VA argument. It does. It's it's not a substantial argument. It's just a person whining to whine because the, the Broncos now suddenly cooler than the Jeep. Oh man, the hater aid, Craig. Hater aid. Yeah, we strong. won't we won't talk about Sh we won't talk about Chevy and the fuck up with Blazer. But dear Chevy, I know you're out there. No, we need to talk about that because that was a terrible decision on there. We're going to go past an hour discussion. We're already going on 55 minutes. Oh, fine. <laughs> uh, no. no, I mean, I'll, I'll fix it in post, as always. Don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll, we'll two-part Yeah, I might two-part this. We'll two-part it. But so, uh, uh, so it's, it's the same argument. I, I, absolutely, I absolutely abstain guys who are all snooty-armed and blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, they didn't make provisions. It's, a, it's the same one. Um, Nate, I'm sure you noticed this too, but the Bronco doesn't have a rear tire mount or it doesn't look like it has a, a rear tire mount. And all the Jeep guys are like, oh, we got a rear tire mount. Like, okay, sure, sure, you get a spare tire, but like any guy who's worth his salt is going to off-road it and the aftermarket's going to fix that. And Ford knows for a majority of the buyers, aka the guys who are buying the, the Bronco Sport, the fifth tire doesn't matter. 
So here's a fun tidbit. The Jeep spare tire mount uh, mm-hmm. sags tremendously and is prone to failure with anything bigger than a 33 on it. Yeah, so it's not even meant for off-roaders. Right. And I will say that a lot of people will remove that and they'll get the integrated uh, bumper. Yeah, the one that's made in the bumper. Yes. Yeah. To which I say, which, yeah, exactly what Craig's talking about. Bronco's doing it the smart way. <laughs> letting the aftermarket take care of that it's same with uh the people who want to do the, the camping off the back end of the bronco if they get the uh integrated uh bumper swing arm thing then you can put the stove on the back of that and boom you get yourself a a kitchen that's off the ground you know that's like yeah leave it to the aftermarket to figure that out the uh the press stuff the blue the light blue bronco that's been mm-hmm. in all the press the four-door does appear to have a mm-hmm. jeep style spare bolted to the tailgate okay yes that is the standard location yeah okay so i do think that's what they're doing but like i said they're uh i'm sure as we're talking about all the aftermarket guys are going to do a much better way to do that either mount it up on a you know mount it to the cage mount it on a bumper just do something else yeah mountain that shit to the tailgate just does not work oh uh moving forward a little bit uh sure we'll go ahead and talk about it i guess the blazer from a couple (laughs) uh, what was that two years ago now yeah nobody even remembered when it dropped because it doesn't matter complete yawn fest oh don't forget the blazer rs that was spicy. Ooh. Right? Right? So, yes, that's exactly... That's what all the other internet interviewers did, too. They they did a test drive on the Blazer RS, and they're like, this is a, a flaming sack of shit. Congratulations, you took the mayo and threw a little sprinkle of salt in. <laughs> you know what's yeah. sad? What's that? What's sad? So I literally just did a Google search for sure. Blazer truck, and not a single one of the new trucks showed up. That's because it's not a truck truck anymore. It's a CUV, otherwise known as a van for people too dumb to buy vans. (laughs) It is it is the equivalent of the Equinox or the Yeah, when I searched for it before we were doing this, as we were doing our research, uh, most of the places that were bringing up articles about the Blazer were like Forbes and uh, Good Housekeeping. So that should tell you the target demographic. Right. It's just, it's it's a giant fail. And then Stephen brought this up in an earlier discussion. Um, Chevy botched it two ways, right? They came out with something called the Blazer that had the RS package and then said, hey, this is what we got. And now that it is no longer the full frame on chassis with 32s off-roady vehicle, they can't rebring it back as the Blazer. They might try to sneak one in calling it the Trailblazer, but like... The Trailblazer is also not an off-roady SUV. It was their standard midsize. Right. Um, completely missed the mark. And then they're not even, like, uh, the last episode that we, we were hosting, I talked about how Chevy likes to copy other companies. I don't know how Chevy's going to copy Ford in trying to create an off-roady vehicle. I think they're just going to double down on the Bison. If they were really smart, they would build an off-road vehicle based off the Colorado, which is highly successful. Why they haven't done that already, I really don't know. Well, they have the ZR2, which is their off-road vehicle. It's right, the that's actually truck, a, though. 
yeah, it's a good platform. But uh, yeah, yeah, we'll probably. The and there's not much to say here other than the Blazer. Uh, for reference, if anybody's wondering, the base price of the Blazer is twenty nine thousand dollars. Conveniently, within like five hundred dollars of the price of a Bronco. I don't know what yeah, doing, but they're doing it wrong. Whatever it is. I don't know, and this is, and it's, it's, it's the only thing that they can do. It seems is build mediocre full size trucks and then outfit their mid size trucks with really cool badge engineering parts. I yeah. I will also point out that the Bronco Sport is three grand less. Excellent segue. Price. That's a, that's actually exactly yeah. the direction I was going to take. This is that if we're really going to give a comparison, mm-hmm. the the Blazer, the better comparison I think would be the Bronco Sport which I've already made fun of you for that, but it is a legitimate off-road vehicle-ish. Ooh, let's not get carried away. <laughs> Ish. It would be it I would mean, be more of the vehicle for me, right, who doesn't actually do it's more the like a Cherokee. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's exactly yeah. what it's aimed at targeting is the Cherokee. Yeah. So uh, good tidbits that I think the rest of the world may not necessarily realize about the sport. Okay. Uh, base engine is the Dragon Ford 1.5 liter three-cylinder. Uh, also found in the Fiesta ST overseas currently that we don't get in the States. Sad face. Dear Ford. <laughs> right. Please. Uh, turbo Please. turbo three-cylinder are good. That's that's what I'm going to say yeah. about that. Yep. Sounds cool. Makes great torque. Uh, How much deliver. does your turbo three-cylinder make? What's that? How much does your one-liter three-cylinder make? 145 foot-pounds. <laughs> <laughs> This thing makes 181 horsepower at 1.5 turbocharged. I think it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's uh, adequate for moving that much mass. They are all four-wheel drive, which is cool. Or all-wheel drive, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. It's still cool that they don't have mm-hmm. a front-wheel drive Bronco in existence. Go get the Escape. They also, the <laughs> Bronco Sport comes in at a grand less than the Jeep Cherokee. Yeah. There Sorry. you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know about the Jeep Cherokee, but the Bronco Sport is rated for between 2,000 to 2,200 pounds, which is just enough for a small Ski-Doo or, I don't know, I think a UTV would be too big nowadays, but something along those lines. Maybe a quad or a couple of dirt bikes. A couple of dirt bikes, maybe, yeah. Still. Let's see. It still looks the part, I'll grant them that. Yeah, it looks more Land Rover than Jeep, but it's also... That was the exact thought I had when I first saw the pictures of it, was that it was a Discovery competitor. Right. Um, Which is like a great disco competitor. Right. And like I said, that's not a bad thing at all. Right. Uh, they even put the Ford emblem down in the lower right-hand corner, or sorry, lower left-hand corner, like you would see on a Land Rover. I mean, it's just kind of a thing. Yeah. I think they kind of use that as a reference. So one downside, I think, sure. and I don't know if this is how it's going to go, but it's something I saw coming when they were talking about the Sport coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those of us old enough to remember the '80s and early '90s. Uh, this is starting to sound like a retrain, like a refrain, right? Uh, full size mm-hmm. Bronco doing great things. It's a great truck. 
Murica off-road, like legitimate off-road contender. Mm -hmm. And Ford says, how do we bring, uh, line our pockets using this intellectual property that we own? So how do we stick the Bronco name on something else and sell it for money? Because we're conniving bastards. And that gave us the Bronco two, which any student of the nineties and late eighties will recollect as an absolute flaming pile of shit. It's the, the Bronco, Bronco that Barbie would try. Yeah. had Absolutely. Zero redeeming qualities. Yeah. And that's my concern with the Bronco sport. It looks to be a decent vehicle and everything else. My big gripe is that I don't see anything really to justify it over an escape. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's just an escape chassis. Uh, I think it's a couple inches taller, but whatever. That's, you know, if you were actually trying to do some serious off-road work, that's not the vehicle of choice anyway. Right. Honestly, I would say between the Bronco Sport... The Cherokee and the Blazer, I'd actually go with the Cherokee. Oh, for sure. As much uh, as I don't like the Chrysler products, I am uh, I really like the Cherokee over all the other options. So uh, my I, thing is I, I just personally can't buy the new Cherokee because of the sacrilege against the name they've committed. <laughs> well, and I would never invest in an FCA product that wasn't distinctly built by bare-knuckled Americans. Right, and I just I don't think the Cherokee's good. I really don't. Yeah, my gripe as well. It's not bad. It is what it is, you know. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Nope, can't do it. The Cherokee should be the Cherokee. You know, something American with an American plant and all that jazz. The current Cherokee is a uh, Fiat based. Uh, what is that? The two point four liter front wheel drive four pot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not about it's, it. It's the Blazer, right? It's just a people mover that has the heritage of being somewhat off roady. That's that that the, the segue back into the Ford Bronco Sport, though, is that the Sport is more off roady and outdoorsy and almost Subaru esque forestry, right? Than yeah. the the Escape or whatever the small size SUV Ford has nowadays. Is it still the Escape or is it Explorer? Oh uh, well, yeah, the Escape would be the one that the Bronco Sport shares a platform with. And right. shares so, with. so it's to me, I think it's more of a solid attempt at trying to differentiate the two while still capitalizing on having both vehicles be readily accessible, which is fair enough. And like you said, like you don't know who would exactly buy it versus the escape. And I would get again, go back to a person like me where I like going down fire trails and probably going to the woods and feeling like dirt underneath the tires, but I'm not going to go across, you know, eight inches of water and try to crawl over a big rock. So like that would be more in line with what I buy. Still wouldn't buy one. I'd buy something used. I'm cheap. But I think the Bronco Sport is kind of I think it's good enough to sell and it's gonna persuade a lot of the escape buyers to kind of aim towards it, which is gonna help numbers. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's gonna turn into people come in there because the real Bronco looks like the real Bronco and is cool and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then people start looking at the gas mileage, uh, the price, and everything else, and realize that they don't actually want to spend real Bronco money on something that drives the way a real off-road vehicle does. Right. 
and they're going to wind up with the Bronco Sport because it looks kind of sort of like a Bronco, but drives like an Escape, which is what they really yeah. want, although they won't admit it. It's got the flat front panel, and you can get it in the same bright yellow color, and it's got black wheels. It's basically a Bronco, right? Right, except it drives like your mom's minivan because that's what they actually right. want. They just refuse to admit it. Right. Okay. 100%. 100%. I don't know. I, I'm just going down to the specs here. You know, the Cherokee's got more power, more torque, mm-hmm. and the same size motor, mm-hmm. higher towing yep. capacity. Same size motor. I thought the Cherokee had a 2.4 liter. Has it got a two liter? It's a two liter turbo, and it's got 270 mm-hmm. horsepower with 295 pounds of torque. Nice. And it's got the Fiat Chrysler eight speed auto. And they both were running eight speed autos. So, for the record, we're that's, looking at that's not the good Fiat Chrysler eight speed auto, by the way. That's not yeah. the ZF eight speed. Just saying, they're both eight speeds. Yeah. Except I have no doubt the Cherokee is better by the numbers. Uh, I don't know how I like. I know how I feel about Ford's current line of EcoBoost motors. They're they're proven. Uh, Fiat's or I should yeah, it's Fiat's line of turbo four pots has had a checkered history so far. We'll, Classic we'll Italian manufacturer, <laughs> right? I mean, it fulfills the exact. It, if anyone knows anything about history of Italian vehicles, like it's par for the course, which is arguably better than Mopar in the last twenty years. I mean, uh, that, that's a you're really driving for the bottom here for a reliability yeah. contest between the previous two <laughs> decades of Mopar and Italians, literally ever. Yeah. I mean, the only thing good I have to say about the. Fiat's engines is that in some categories they sound good. They do sound awesome. I'll grant you that. The little <laughs> 1.4 liter in the Fiat 124 or the Fiat 500 sounds cool. It's got the crackles and pops. Like who doesn't want that? <laughs> Fair point, sir. Imagine oh. the crackles and pops in the Cherokee. <laughs> sport, sport tuned. Sport tuned. Uh, so taking this out. Uh, Let's talk about what options we would like to see that, uh, as far as we know so far, have not been released as an option yet. Okay. And before anyone else says it, V8, cough, we understand. We got it. Next subject. <laughs> right. Not going to cover that. Uh, we talked about it. Doesn't need a V8. Not everything needs a V8, guys. If, if it I does, it's going to be that. like... I can't believe it's I just said be that on air. <laughs> Well, I, don't know. I mean, it, are we looking at fantasy? Or are we looking at well, the Raptor um, edition? Is yeah, I would say stuff that could things. actually be built. You know, yeah. nothing like stupid crazy. All right. I mean, as far as options, you know, a winch bumper, you know, from the factory or even from Ford's catalog. Yeah, I was gonna say I'd be shocked if that's not in Ford's catalog as an accessory. Yeah, same with like yeah. a light bar. Yeah, skid plate, light bar, uh, roof rack. Yeah, uh, a nice Ford roof rack would be great. Um, some gas can holders on the back, or even water can holders on the back. Okay, yeah, I'm like ninety nine percent sure that stuff's going to be in the accessories catalog. Those are probably going to be think sweet thinking, options. I think he's thinking bigger picture here. Do you want me to yeah. drop the bomb? Oh yeah, what do you got? All right, all right. So, dear Ford, where is your EV Bronco? <laughs> Tesla, 
the guys behind Tesla, right, and Elon Musk have it out against you with the F-150 and the Tesla truck. They're touting about how awesome it is, how great it is, and they keep pushing back on actual production on it and blah, blah, blah. This is your opportunity right now, right here, to roll out and say, we have a dual-motor, all-EV Ford Bronco that does the off-roady thing. Suck it, Tesla. And it kind of, it'll not only establish Ford as being hip and relevant, but it also kind of reproved that Ford is not only still relevant, but it's also pioneering. It doesn't need Tesla to push itself to do the next great thing. Where is it, Ford? I know you okay. have it. That's an interesting one. Uh, I would also say uh, one that's not really the Bronco, but just that I thought would be neat mm-hmm. uh, is if this means the 2.7 is coming to the Bronco or coming to the Ranger soon. Just right. Same frame. Yeah. Same, same frame rails, frame. right? Same chassis. Yeah. Um, I feel like that needs to happen soon. Um, I I would buy one in rear wheel drive and and hot rod it and do bad things. Yeah, I would so, go the opposite way. I'd go low. I'll throw a couple <laughs> options out there that I think would be super cool that I okay. haven't heard or seen anything about yet. Uh, first one is in relation to doors. Okay. Uh, for some of the other stuff like Jeeps and some other stuff, right there exist. Uh, little tube doors that basically are just a triangle of tubes that connect the upper lower door hinges and the latch striker. Okay. Uh, sometimes with a piece of fabric stretched in between this triangle of tubes. Uh, just gives you something that's kind of like a door to keep stuff in the truck while still providing maximum airflow. Just give an in-between option between running uh, no doors at all and running your. Well, I think doors. you're. I think you're looking at the aftermarket for that. That's going to yeah. come up real quick. Oh, I'm sure. I it think will. the half. Saying, I'd like to see it as a factory option. I think Ford's half door, which they've already shown on one of the promos. I think that's going to be yeah. a thing. But I really think anything more extreme. It's the whole. If we build it, are people actually going to buy it versus go to someone else and buy theirs type deal? That's a fair point. Uh, the other one that, and this is one that I will, uh, this is going to be the hill that I die on. Like, all right. That needs That's to three happen. Times <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of hills in the world and I make a lot of poor choices. Right. Uh, so U14, it was a Bronco chassis code from back in the sixties. For okay. those of you that are, remember it, for those of you that don't, there used to be a thing called the Bronco U14. That was a half cab Bronco. Uh, some people would compare it to like Jeep's original Scrambler. Okay. So basically it's a, a cab roof for the OG Bronco that drops down right behind mm-hmm. the front two seats. And then they didn't have rear seats and they had a short cargo bed. Okay. So think like a two-door Bronco. Really stubby, really stubby truck thing. Yep. With yep. a short little bed behind it. It looks like what you would make out of Legos. <laughs> right. I'm... Uh, yeah, the OG one kind of does. It's it's very square. I mean, yeah, I mean. Right. I... There is no I, I currently dig. standard cab Ranger. There's no short wheelbase Ranger. Right. It just doesn't exist. I think this would be a sweet way for them to have a short wheelbase uh, Ranger-ish thing. Right. Um Honestly, I yep. see 
the U10 or correction U14 version of the Bronco. If yeah. they made a modern version of that, that would be a great fleet vehicle for people that you know need a truck do something, but they don't need a whole lot of truck. So right. we're we used to have the the Ford Ranger of the the early years in the standard cab, and you'd see them running around as fleet vehicles or security vehicles all the time, but they didn't actually put anybody other than the driver in them. It would work right. out great because they were the perfect size to be able to park anywhere, go anywhere, do whatever they got to do. And carry and then, know, one or two operators and some random stuff. And to run us even further, making it a full square box and then offered up to the uh, postal service as a mail alternative. See, I was going to go that route too, honestly, because now mail trucks are, they're old. damn near 30 years old. Yeah. Um, but wh- why not do like the whole... Uh, do do this design that they pulled up the u14 chassis code instead of doing the the single cab with the roof and then tucks behind it goes all the way to the back is that what you're talking about like panel van style yep yeah i think that would be also cool in the public sector as well it's kind of hokey but like steven this would be more along the lines of what you would want right um kind of sort of i have I a guess. Bronco, bronco that does kind of truck stuff the U4, uh, if you did the ba- the box the entire way back, I mean, you could just use a regular Bronco and take the seats out, right. and that would accomplish the same thing. The coolness of the U14 was the fact that the bed was separated from the cab. Yeah. Like, entirely. Mm-hmm. So you could put, you know, wet, dirty, whatever in the bed and not have it in the cab with you. Right. But also, it's still a hilariously short, tiny... Uh, pickup. This looks like a Suzuki Samurai just grown up a couple more inches. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the thought. Anyway, it's just something I thought would be cool because, uh, you know, there's no short rangers anymore. And I think it would be a neat way to have a short ranger available, but also give a throwback to the, the original Broncos. Because uh, nowadays, those cabs alone are actually worth a ton because they're yeah. super rare. Yeah. I'm checking that out right now. Like, yeah, The only one that's rarer than that is the Roadster, which is the U13. And those are kind of silly. And those windshields also didn't fold down, did they? OG Broncos? Uh, no. That's a good question. <laughs> I don't think they did. I've never seen one folded down, but now that I think about it, they are flat. They might be foldable. Maybe. Either that or they're just insanely easy to replace. <laughs> yeah, right? There's a, there's always that. But yeah, that was my thought but, uh, as far as just stuff I'd love to see. Uh, either one of you got anything for options that are just uh, currently existing or stuff we've seen for options that are just straight baffling or in your opinion shouldn't exist actually no at least on my side of the house I don't think that there's anything there that's kind of like weird I do wish that Ford would kind of get away with the package deal we're gonna put these packages in this vehicle and say if you want if you wanted the the, the four seven gears you have to get you know the the sack squash package but you got to take away this transmission blah 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 I wish they'd go back or to the if whole you, 
or if you want the 12 inch screen center console, you don't have to go all the way up to the Lux package to get it. Or yeah. The high package. Yeah. yeah. It, and you, uh, it, in order to get that stuff, that forces you into like the extra driver aids that Nate was talking about earlier. He didn't want. That you yeah, don't want. and that's the the one downside to the wild track is that you get the mid package, and the mid package is when they start forcing all the driver aids onto you. If you yeah. get the low the lower packages, they don't force the driver aids onto you. Yeah, so that's kind of like the one thing, but that's also like a uh, us guys coming from the '90s and and '80s with us not having anything and then saying we don't need any of the stuff to accurately pilot a vehicle because we've been doing it for 30 years already. Um, I don't know if that's anything that's kind of like a frowny face or like, oh, I'm sad that they came out with this. I really don't see anything super bad about it other than there's the fact and I'm kind of, yeah, I'll, let you, I'll get to you, but there's only one thing that I'm kind of like somewhat eh about and that's, and this is going to get a lot of hate too because I'm probably the one guy in the whole world who cares about this, but there's no pre-runner bronco but i also understand the bronco is a bronco and it can't be rear wheel drive so well you can have four wheel drive free runners so yeah yeah just i don't know just the idea of having something that's just full-time two-wheel drive a little bit lighter plus that 27 eco boost that's rear wheel drive would just be gnarly oh yeah they call that the ranger <laughs> but i want it short i want the small ranger and they don't make one that's a that's a fair complaint there should be a small ranger. Um, so one that's baffling me. Uh, actually, a couple. One, I want to know if the four doors that we've seen on the two door, the the mm-hmm. cutout triangular shaped open door, uh-huh. does that still have a glass in it? From my understanding, there's no glass. It's an opening, and that is a concept vehicle door, and it's not going to be something that's going to be offered. You're going to have to look through the aftermarket to see that. And you know yeah. someone from the aftermarket is going to reproduce that door because they saw it on oh, the concert. I think it's cool. Or, or so Ford's it's going to show ready. up. Yeah. yeah but it, it's be- not – I don't think it's going to be a standard option or even a selectable option when you build or buy your vehicle. It'll maybe be a dealer option or very rare chance of it being a factory parts catalog option. Yeah. So just uh, just odd stuff, right? Excuse me. With them going to frameless doors and electric windows, I'm curious how that's going to be. Obviously, you you have to roll as far as the connector. Well, I mean, the connector is probably the same way Jeep does it, but like you have to roll the window down before you take the door off. I'm assuming. Probably. Roll the windows down because that's what, how you're going to store it in the back of the vehicle. Right. Um, the control switch for the windows is in the center console. So that's yeah, the same way the Jeeps are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it'll just probably just be a connector that plugs in and unplugs. So as you're removing the door, you unplug it and then toss it in the back. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just a little odd to me with it being a frameless window, how you're going to handle it i guess i should say how you're going to handle the door once it's off the jeep doors are very easy right they uh they're light and they have a kind of a built-in handle where the top of the door is the the bronco doors i've read are anywhere from 40 to 50 pounds each right and there's uh if from looking at the shape of them and everything um, because the jeep doors when the windows are down the window frame kind of makes a fairly convenient way to handle them right 
the Bronco doors, I see them being kind of a pain to handle. You know, they're just kind of large and awkward and no good way to grab them. You know, you say that, but I feel that they did probably put a handle on those doors to make it very convenient to carry. Because why would they go through such an effort to put grips on the dash and the center console for people to climb in and out of the vehicle without thinking of how are we going to carry these doors? I think they, they put in a lot of time and effort thinking about little things. And I think yeah. that would have been one of them. Yeah, we'll see when it comes, uh, you know, when they start people... I'm sure a bunch of people have already said they're planning on doing, you know, timing, removal of the top, removal of the doors, handling the doors, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But little stuff like that actually makes a huge difference in the day-to-day livability, right? It's like if the doors are a giant pain in the ass to handle, nobody's actually going to take them off because they're a pain in the ass to handle. Right. I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's one of those things where I agree with Nate on this, that like Ford thought about the little attachment points for the branch deflectors. And they thought about the rear view mirrors. Like they thought about all of that. Someone had to say, Hey, why not make these doors accessible to somebody to actually move them? Fair point. I mean, uh, like I said, I could be a pessimist here. It's it, fairly likely, but it wouldn't be the first in right. my defense here. It wouldn't be the first time we've seen engineers completely whiff the real world usability of something. Right. Um, yeah, I, I got nothing else. I think the Ford Bronco is a solid attempt. It's growing on me slower than I think a lot of the people who were like Insta hype when they heard about it. I honestly thought my biggest, my biggest fear is that they're just going to rehash like the Explorer, right? And they were like, oh, yeah, we lifted up the Explorer, and instead of calling it a sport track, we're going to slap the, the Bronco name on it. But after doing some reading and seeing the videos and the trim and talking with you guys, I think it's I think it's 70% good. Yeah. <laughs> well, you so you two. know the history about this coming back, right? They there actually was a series. All right. So right. there's actually a really good article about it. Bloomberg did this article. Um, so about – Three or four years after they discontinued the Bronco, a group of engineers got together all by themselves outside of the organization and decided we're going to try to bring Bronco back. Without any permission at all, they started going through designing and putting together a vehicle. And they actually created a prototype that they show people uh, and just about had it green-lighted when Ford had its big collapse in the early 2000s and that scrapped yeah. the Bronco project. Yeah. And a lot of the problems that the, and the group that called themselves the Bronco underground is just a group of engineers and just professionals within Ford that decided we need to bring Bronco back. And they've been trying for years to bring it back. And every time that they would get close to it, they would get shot down. So, you have a bunch of guys who are very devoted and dedicated to bring the Bronco back working on this for almost two and a half decades. And they finally in the mid teens got approval to bring it back. So they wanted to make sure it was done right. And I think that's why we're seeing a lot of really good ideas out of this because these guys were so passionate that they worked for decades to get it brought back that they wanted to make sure that every little bit of it 
every hair was in place when they finally released it. So I think we're going to have a really fantastic vehicle when it finally hits the market. I will yeah. say this to piggyback off of that. It does look like it was a specialty vehicle team that put it together and it wasn't just a Ford corporate you know, I'm going to make this and sell it and make much money off of it. It looks like kind of like the, uh, the Ford GT, right? It was a specific team that knew what they were doing and knew what they wanted and made it. And then Ford said, yeah, we have the available funds and the tooling to do this. So let's just do it. And part of the reason why we have the Bronco is because Ford decided to bring the Ranger back. And when they were <clears throat> setting up the factory for the Ranger, mm-hmm. the factory was too much for the capacity that they needed for the Rangers. So they said, what else can we use? What else can we build alongside the Ranger? And that's when the Bronco team said, hey, guys, we've got something right here. Yeah, Let small, us show you what we've got. Small SUVs are hot. And uh, I mean, and hell, what's it been? It's been a long time. The Wrangler hasn't had any real competition in its segment for a long time. Not since the FJ Cruiser bowed out, right? And that was mid-2000s. Even that was debatable. Yeah, the FJ Cruiser, I think, started off as a great idea and could have been fantastic, but they made some seriously terrible design decisions. Yeah. Um, the I, I will say this, piggybacking off of that too, Stephen, with the Ranger, there is now rumor mills that are popping back up from last year talking about the next-gen Ranger they're calling it the Ranger Raptor to use the 2.7 liter EcoBoost, but some people are even saying that it's not even going to be a Raptor. It's just going to be a sport model. And so I'm excited to see that because obviously one fits the other. It's going to fit back in the other, and Ford would be kind of silly not to at least offer it. Same here. And that may change my whole opinion about the Bronco entirely if there's a sport pack, uh, you know, two-wheel drive Ranger with a 2.7 in it. Mm-hmm. I could be about Because now that. the Bronco is I mean, really. Now the Bronco that. is just... What's that? Now the Bronco isn't just self-serving; it's now affecting other models, which are other, uh, yeah, models, which would be really cool. I mean, come on, man! It would be 400 foot pounds of torque out of a Ranger. That would be fun, <laughs> right? That would be good. Be literally just like everybody that's ever done a Coyote, or not a Coyote, but an old 302 swap, using the Explorer parts to do the 302 yeah. into a Ranger. Yeah. It would be the that same used thing. To be a now common swap. Yeah, and now it's it's a factory thing, so you don't even have to swap it. Yeah. I would try to figure out how to use a Ford Super 88 underneath there. I would like try to make it happen. Yeah. I don't know. I'm uh, I'm relatively sure that diff is already quite a bit stronger than the 88. Is it is it carbon copy from the the big Super 80s they have in the F-150s? It probably is, honestly. I, I think it is. That, uh, I mean, you know, the new Rangers can tow, what is it, like 7,500, 8,000 pounds, something like that? Yeah. It's kind of funny. I mean, we've talked about this a few times, right? How modern trucks have gotten huge, and even the modern mini, air, and I'm uh, air-quoting mini right now, trucks are not all that many no we did we did the math on this the new ford ranger is bigger than my 20 year old full-size 1500 that is a regular cab short bed 
yeah. and it is heavier. Yeah. Um, I had a Toyota Tacoma parked next to my 1974 F-250 camper special, and it was the same size. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. The yeah minis, it's just, it's, not all it's that now mini. like these... These and that's and I think I blame um not necessarily blame but I cast the the blame on the frontier because it kind of grew when the other trucks had kind of died away and then it became a midsize truck and then Colorado comes back out and says hey we have a truck that'll compete against that but it's no longer small well the and other it's thing like, well that, now we got to make this Colorado bigger yeah the other thing that factored into that is the fact that the full sizes kept getting just even bigger. Yeah, I mean, they want towing capacity, right? Best in class towing, best in class towing, bigger and bigger trucks. Yeah. Well, you have to, you got to have wherever you can get your mark. You know, hey, we've got the best leg room, we've got the best hip room, the best head room. And well, to get the best, you have to get a little bit bigger. And everyone's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then finally, you meet the maximum limits for our roads, which is where we're at right now, like the current generation of. I mean, you saw that when the Raptor uh, Raptors have to have clearance lights because they're over the uh, car and light truck width requirement. Right, they're in the heavy duty truck. They're in the heavy duty truck range for so they have to have clearance lights, (laughs) which is now becoming kind of a a gimmicky thing they could sell in Tacomas. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. What a time we live in. uh, the long term, the back end takeaway here. Uh, I love what you're doing, Ford. Now bring me a a small Ranger, or B, uh, maybe something smaller than the Ranger. Ooh, bring back the mini mini trucks. The Courier. We need the yeah. Ford Courier back. Yeah, bring back the Courier. There you go. The I already got you a name, Ford. Use the there Ford Courier go. again. And I'm still waiting for my hybrid slash EV version of the Bronco. Just, just, just to say, suck it, Tesla, suck it, BMW, all those other. I think it would sell. Honestly, do. So we have to, we'll have to revisit that courier idea at some point, Nate. That needs to be a thing, I think. <laughs> so, so give us like five seconds here, right? Yeah. And then, like, going off that idea, would you? Would you? scale down the current ranger and then shove in the escapes engine just pointed the right way no no i would uh, i would actually go front wheel drive okay hot take yeah right uh, i would go front wheel drive um something in the size ish of like the escape or the bronco sport and go two door with a bed and make some uh, little front-wheel drive, uh, 30 plus, you know, 35 mile to the gallon, correct mini truck. Like what we remember as a mini truck. Right. Like the Datsun 720. Yeah, like barely over four and a half, five foot tall, uh, 16 feet Doesn't, long, give or take. Maybe less than 3, that. 3,600 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Small. With, with not a ton of towing capacity, you know, like a little 2,000 pound towing cap and a five or six foot bed. And I think there's actually a market there for what Nate was talking about earlier with like fleet services and stuff. Oh, totally. Yeah, the people people that don't need a tow vehicle, people that don't need something that hauls a lot, but they need something where it has utility and gets really good fuel economy. 
Yeah, just a utility truck to do, you know, put stuff in the bed of. You know, it's yeah. basically a road legal gator is what they're look what I'm looking for. Yeah. yeah. The other cool part would be if you went with something like I was talking about based on uh like the sport or the uh a front wheel drive setup based on the escape. Uh with the rear suspension, if you did it correctly, you could have a very flat and very low load floor in the rear. Which fixes one of my other huge bitches about modern pickups is that load height and the bed height has gotten stupid in the past 10 years. Yeah, 100% on that too. If you've ever been around any of the old JDM minis, like the Tacoma, the Nissan 720s, stuff like that from the 80s and early 90s, it was Mm -hmm. nothing to walk up to one and reach in the bed and lay fingers on the floor of the bed. Yeah. Like without a struggle. You can't do that nowadays? (laughs) Uh, No. (laughs) But not just that, right? Like... Uh, uh, I know you're a huge giant, Craig, but even for you, throwing like heavy objects over the side of a modern full size. It's it's no different from, yeah, it's no different than the 90s, uh, 1500s and F-150. It's it's no different. It's the same. What? You know, it's, it's, I'm saying it's the same amount of effort as those older full size trucks. Um, And this is actually a thing. So in in the military here, we have our small runabouts are either you know, nineties Rangers, or now I think there's a contract out for Colorado's and all the vehicles that we have now for running about are Colorado's. So when we did a, a retirement ceremony, we had to load up the Colorado bed and it was no different than a full size truck. Flip down the tailgate, reach up your leg, hoist yourself up and then start moving stuff in. You couldn't just bring the chairs to the truck and then slide it in. Right. But you remember as a, you know, when you were younger, when like 90 stuff was running around, you could totally do that. Yeah, you just walk up to it, drop the tailgate, and then you didn't have to have excessive effort just to step up. You didn't need to have this drop-down little step thing to step up into your yeah, bed. To step into your bed. Oh, I man. mean, if that was, that should have been the first indicator that these trucks are too goddamn big. When you have to put a deployable step in your tailgate to get into your bed with? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, I think, honestly, I think, I think the Courier idea is a great idea i don't know if it'll sell in the public sector because it's not really cool but i really do think in the utilitarian sector it would be for shizzle if ford if somebody from ford's listening to this uh you know hit us up i mean could they just do that with a transit van (laughs) that's actually exactly what i would use for the base now that you mention it that would be the perfect base the update the front front end drive transit connect yeah the baby just transit update the, update the front end so it looks better maybe to match the bronco a little bit i don't know and then yeah. cut the back end off and then boom you got yourself a little utility what's it utility work truck thing and then hand it over to the ford performance guys to give us a, a an rs version <laughs> <laughs> right that would be hilarious oh man all right gents well, I think that pretty much wraps it up. We've uh, beat the new Bronco to death. But uh, for all you guys out there, uh, hit us up on the Facebook at the Broken Axle Podcast. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, I've already seen at least one post on the podcast or on the Facebook, but I'm sure we'll see a couple more with uh, people wanting to order it, what you're thinking for options. And if we're insane or not, probably. And uh Maybe we'll get the hashtag started for the courier. 
I really think Tell we have something going there. Tell Ford we need a new model based on an old I model. I really do. And Chevy will figure out how to make how to fuck up the love. So that'll be fun to watch. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> um, Nate, you're not on social, are you? On Facebook? Or yeah, on any other I mean, social medias you want that you want to be on. Me and Nate are uh, both old guys, and we don't really do the social media thing very much. But uh, Craig's on social. Where are you at? So I'm on Instagram right now as the nomadic.wheelman, and you can find me posting up uh, both links for this podcast as well as video and pictures of my Mustang and then various foods I eat and locations that I had to go to because I'm still very much active and still very much a, a nomad. And uh, we have an Instagram or we have a Facebook page itself called the Broken Axle Pock broken axle podcast and then you can find myself steven and nate all on facebook's right on it's been a pleasure everybody uh i know this is about a new one so it's not much of a garage thing but still get out in the garage and go break some knuckles <laughs>